Thank you, Jeremiah. Did a great job. It's easy to remember Jeremiah. Jeremiah led worship. Hallelujah. And then next week, Samuel. We got all kinds of Bible people coming to lead worship. Um, this week, we had 113 children every day uh, up here for Summer Fun University. Uh, we had kids get saved. Amen. They come from around the neighborhood. They come from many, many different places. And, and of course, our own children, they had a blast. This place was, was uh, crazy in a good way. And, and so it's so neat to be able to reach the children when they're young, because how many of you are aware the devil's going after them when they're real young? Amen. And I'm so thankful for your giving. I, I don't often talk about the giving, but, you know, we went through COVID. And I know of churches that cave, that, that went under, that no longer exist because um, of, of the stress that COVID put on them. And I want to thank all of you. Even when we were shut down for about three months, um, everybody quarantined, uh, we, we were taken care of. God sustained our church. And, you know, I, amen. He really did. And I am, uh, I'm so thankful for your giving. You know, Jesus said, where your heart is, that's where your treasure is going to go. Where your heart is. And so uh, everybody in the church needs to have skin in the game. Amen? And how you get skin in the game? You, you give. And because we're, like I prayed, we're feeding through our missionaries thousands of children literally every day. And so when you give, it tells me, well, your heart's here. Because if your heart's not here, you're not going to give. It's not going to be in you to give. You know, I'm just there to hear a good message or worship a little bit and, and go. But if you give something, it says that your, your heart's there. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure's going to go. Amen. And so thank you for your giving so very much. Now, I was at NRB this week, National Religious Broadcasters Convention, and heard some great messages uh, saw a lot of things that God is doing around the world through different people. Uh, but, but something really um, was spoken to my own heart. And that is, you know what, church, with all the trouble going on in America, with all the tumult, all the violence, all the confusion, all the wackerdoodleness, craziness going on in our country, it's not time to step back and say, oh, well, we've kind of lost the battle. No. You know what time it is? It's time to double down. It's time to double down. And, and Cindy and I made up our minds, we're going to double down. I was talking to a pastor last night on the phone, and he said, well, what's God saying to you? And I said, well, uh, what I believe God is saying to me is double down. That is, take the gospel stronger and further and wider and deeper than you ever have. Amen. Get out there with the word of God. Preach the cross. Preach the one wayness of Jesus. Preach the inerrancy of the word of God. Preach the all-sufficiency of Jesus Christ. Preach his shed blood. Preach heaven and preach a hot hell and tell the truth. Amen. And double down. Everybody say double down. Yeah, if we're going to double down, there's one way we're going to do it, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you today, a simple message filled with the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. And I'm going to read one quick verse. I'm going to read it in two different uh, translations. Well, one's a translation and one is a paraphrase. 
but it's Ephesians 5.18. We all know this verse, um, but let me read it. There it is up there. As a matter of fact, read it with me since it's so short. Don't be drunk with wine. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh. This is to believers now. Don't be drunk with wine because what will that do? That will ruin your life. True. Instead, be what? Filled with the Spirit. There's a better way than wine. There's a better way. There's a better way than whiskey. There's a better way than those mixed drinks that cost you $50. You can't even remember the next day that you drank them. There's a better way. Now, here's the way the Message Bible puts it. Don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God. Huge draughts of Him. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Now, Father, thank you for blessing your word today. Lord, I humble myself to you and pray that you will help me to communicate this word and that you will lead this church into daily fresh and fillings of the Holy Spirit where we are empowered to make a difference in this wicked and perverse generation. And we thank you for it. Now, I want everybody to pray, Lord, fill me with the Spirit, afresh and anew, that my life is revolutionized in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him I'm charismatic with a seatbelt. Get ready. <laughs> People ask me, are you a charismatic? I say, yeah, with a seatbelt. Now, last time before Father's Day, Sunday before Father's Day, I spoke about the necessity of, of abiding in the vine, abiding in the vine, if you're going to bring forth genuine kingdom fruit. Because remember, Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. Why? That you would go and bring forth, say it with me, fruit. And that your fruit would remain, that it won't rot, that it won't wilt, that it won't die off. But your fruit will remain throughout your whole life to the glory of God. So Jesus said the reason you got saved wasn't just for heaven later, but for kingdom fruit now. And that's why he's left you on the earth so that we would go and bring forth fruit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith, self-control. Against these things, there is no law. Now, Jesus said that one way that we abide in the vine, abide in him, he said, let me tell you the truth. I'm the tree, you're the branches. You're not the tree, you're the branch. And being a branch, you are fully dependent on the tree. If you disconnect from the tree, you're going to die as a branch. So he's the tree, we're the branches. And he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done. So one way that we abide in the vine is by walking in his word, walking it out, doing it, practicing it, assimilating it into our lifestyle. He's not just my savior, he's my teacher. Are you there? He, people say, are you a Christian? Oh yeah, I'm going to heaven. But stop, good that you're going to heaven. That's later. But what about now? Well, Jesus isn't just my savior, he's my teacher. He's my rabbi. He's my, uh, he's my, he's my one and only guru. Jesus is my teacher about all things pertaining to life and living. 
and the rest of the word of God. And we're called to walk it out. Now, that's the one way we abide in the vine. If my words abide in you, meaning if you continue in my word. But there's another absolutely necessary key to abiding in him. We are called to abide in him. If we don't abide in him, we won't be fruitful. So how do we abide in him? Walking in the word and being filled with the Holy Spirit. We will never bring forth fruit without being filled with the Holy Spirit. We, we must walk in the Holy Spirit, not in the flesh, but in the spirit. We are called to walk in the spirit. He, he, he told us there in Ephesians 5, 18, he said, don't get drunk with wine, but instead be filled, filled with the spirit. Now the word filled means filled to the full or filled to the top. It's not talking about a little smidgen here and a little influence there, some emotional experience a couple of years ago. No, it's talking about every day being filled to the full, filled to the top. Think of a sponge totally saturated with water. That's you. Or a cup filled to the very brim, overflowing. So the Christian is to be saturated, filled with the Spirit of God. Not just on Sundays, but every hour of every day, of every week, month, and year until Jesus comes again, we're to be filled with the Spirit. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. I would not be up here but for the power of the Holy Spirit. I would not be in ministry but for the touch of the Holy Spirit. I, I would never, ever have opened my mouth to communicate the Word of God but for the Holy Spirit coming upon me and changing me into another man. Amen. And, and guess what? You would not be here but for the influence of the Holy Spirit. No man can come to me except the Father draw him. How does the Father draw him? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Without being filled with the power of God's Spirit, you will not, and I will not, succeed in the Christian life. Can I just be blunt? That's just an that is an, uh, uh, an undeniable fact of the Christian life. If I'm not living filled with the Holy Spirit, I will not succeed in the Christian life. No. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to live out your Christian life discouraged, depleted, and defeated. He gave the Holy Spirit for a reason. The Holy Spirit is not an option. Getting with God and getting filled with the Spirit on a daily basis is not an option. If you and I want to grow in the things of God and, and bear fruit and, 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 and have victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil, it'll never happen apart from being filled with the Spirit. Never. The Christian life is custom designed to be lived in and through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not a willpower thing. It's not something where I get up and go, well, today I will uh, succeed. I will do this and I will do that and I will triumph over the flesh and I will have victory over the devil because I have made up my mind. No, 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 no. The Christian life is not do, do, do. It's done, done, done. He has given us the Holy Spirit. And he's given us the Holy Spirit to buoy us up and to strengthen us and to give us the power to live out what he told us to live out. I would not put Christianity on anybody if they didn't have the power of the Holy Spirit to live it out. How am I going to forgive people that hurt me, 
apart from the power of the Holy Spirit? How, how am I going to have victory over the habits that used to enslave me except for the power of the Holy Spirit? How am I going to live this thing out? How am I going to do what Jesus taught? It's one thing to get saved. It's another thing entirely to live this out. And we live it out by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to Paul, Romans 8, 13. For if you are, if you are living according to the impulses of your flesh, you're going to die. But if you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to read that again. If you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you are habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body and you will live. How in the world do you get victory in this wicked, sin-infected, devil-infested world? How do we live in victory over the, the, the onslaught, the tsunami of temptations? Everything that's there on the internet, social media, pornography, uh, the addictions that so many people are enslaved to, alcohol, drugs, uh, materialism. Uh, we're living in an addicted society. And I want to tell you something, there's only one way out of it. And that is get saved and then walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, everybody. The power of the Holy Spirit. We find in the Gospels, Jesus said a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit's sort of like the God we've not understood. We know all about God the Father. We know all about God the Son. But we know so little about God the Holy Spirit. But God the Holy Spirit is God the Holy Spirit. And what did Jesus say about God the Holy Spirit? Well, here's what he didn't say. He never taught that being filled with the Holy Spirit is about getting Holy Ghost bumps or, or seeking out endless ecstatic emotional experiences. That is not why he gave the Holy Spirit. I thank God for powerful touches of the Holy Spirit because I've sure had my fill of them and my full of them and I want more. I've had many experiences with the Holy Spirit, but he didn't give the Holy Spirit for us to chase after the latest fad, the latest ecstatic experience with the Holy Spirit. That's not why he gave the Holy Spirit. No, it is not so that we can gorge on it and, and, and get all turned inward uh, uh, and, and make it sort of like the way we used to do drugs. I'm not on drugs anymore, but I'm always, I, I'm seeking to get drunk on the Holy Spirit. No, that's not why he was given. No, Jesus said, he's going to be a helper to you. Jesus said in John 14, 16, I will pray the father and he will give you another helper, 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 that he may abide with you. Listen to this, everybody, forever. The spirit of truth. What's a helper? He helps you in temptation. He helps you understand the Bible. He helps you get back up again when you've been knocked down. He is, he, he brings the life of God. He's a helper. And Jesus also said he'd be a teacher. John 14, 26, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So he's a teacher. So that when I open up the word of God, it, without the Holy Spirit, it would be a dead letter to me. But with the Holy Spirit, it jumps alive. It speaks to me. It feeds me because the Holy Spirit is my teacher. And the Holy Spirit opens my understanding of the word of God because he's a teacher. 
John said, you have no need that any man teach you, but the same anointing that you have received, talking about the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things. He's our teacher. And he also taught that the Holy Spirit would empower every believer to live out the Christian life. He's not only a helper, he's not only a teacher, but he is an empowerer. He, is a, a, he gives power to every believer living out the Christian life. Jesus said, you shall receive power, dunamis, dynamite ability when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses. You will be witnesses after the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This is why Jesus told them, you better not depart from Jerusalem and go try to minister or live this thing out until you have been empowered. He said, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard about from me. Now notice, Jesus said, I've been talking to you a lot about the Holy Spirit. You've heard about the Holy Spirit from me. So this was something on Jesus' lips, a lot. So if Jesus knew that it was necessary, we understand what the Holy Spirit would be and do for us, in us, and through us. He said, don't leave. Don't try ministering without the Holy Spirit. Don't try living this thing out with the Holy Spirit. And most of us are familiar with the account of when they gathered together 120 strong in the upper room. What a day. This was the church's birthday. Because it says on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. And then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone present, watch this, was filled with the Holy Spirit to the brim, to the full, like a sponge that can't take in another drop of water. They were filled. And in a moment's time, the disciples who had been hiding behind locked doors for fear of being arrested became roaring lions of gospel boldness. And the cause of the transformation that happened to Peter, James, John, who had been so terrified of the authorities, but now, now look at them, now look at them. They, they went from cowards to, to kingdom shakers and kingdom movers and world changers. And how did it happen to them? They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's the only thing you can attribute their transformation to. They were filled with the mighty power of God, the Spirit. So in light of the absolute necessity of being filled with the Holy Spirit, if we're going to live out the Christian life, let me just give you some basics about it. Because folks, listen, who knows? I'm going to preach on this for a little while, uh, more than today. I'm going to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. Lord willing, unless he changes up on me, which he can do. But that's my heart. I'm looking forward to many of us being touched in a way we've never been touched, filled like we've never been filled. I want to see the Holy Spirit move across this congregation in a fresh way. How many of you can say, I would love a fresh touch from God? Come on. Yes. Well, the first thing I want you to note is that God, not us, does the filling. Now, isn't that basic? The words be filled, and let me, here's a little Greek for you. The words be filled are, one, are, are in what is called the passive voice. 
Now, if somebody is passive, that means something is acting upon them. They are not doing the acting, but something is acting upon them. I'm passive. Uh, uh, it's like if you came up and began to shake my hand or to, or to, to uh, I don't know, just touch me, and I just sat there. I'm passive and you're active. So when, when something is in the passive voice, it means that uh, something is being done to someone or something, and they are not the actors. They are the acted upon. And what it's telling us here is that you don't fill yourself, but you are filled by another. You are the one acted upon. How many of you can say when the Holy Spirit came upon me, I didn't do it. God did it. Come on. I was passive. He was active. He poured it out on me. Right? So when he says be filled with the Spirit, he's, 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 telling us, be a recipient, receive from the one who's pouring it out. It's not something you do. It's something done for you, to you, in you, through you, by another. When my dog's water bowl is empty, she doesn't pick it up, carry it to the kitchen, Jump up and turn on the faucet, put the bowl down, fill it up, pick the bowl up, and walk it back to her spot. You know why she can't? She's a dog. (laughs) Dogs can't do that. Uh, And for the record, when her bowl is empty, she doesn't go out back and, and mope. She doesn't complain about what a terrible owner she has. She doesn't go out griping about how tough her dog life is. No, what does she do? She comes and nudges my hand and looks at me in a way that I know something is amiss. And I'll say to Cindy, does she have water? I don't know. I'll go look and it's dry as a bone. And my dog came to the right source and nudged me and said, you're the only one that can fill this bowl. Nobody else can fill it. I sure can't fill it. You're the only one that can fill my bowl. So would you please fill my bowl? And that is exactly the idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit. We can't do it. You know why? Because we're human beings and we don't have the Holy Spirit to give out. But we do go nudge the hand of the one that can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know what, what it's a matter of being? It's a matter of being fillable. I'm going to make up a word. Fillability. Fillability. Everybody say fillability. See, see, uh, we can't pour the Holy Spirit out upon ourselves. We got to go nudge the hand and look in the eye of the one that can. We've got to go to the one, the only one who can do it. But at the same time, we can be fillable. And to be fillable, you've got to be available. You've got to make yourself available to God. And that's fillability. Fillability is the way we go to God with our need. And the way we posture ourselves before him, that he might fill us with his spirit. Fillability requires availability. Availability. Isn't it funny? We got time for everything but God. We got time to go to work. We got time to go to the store. We got time to go to McDonald's. We got time to go watch fireworks. We've got time to go to the lake. We've got time to recreate. We've got time to do everything and anything we want. But we don't have time for God. He gets the leftovers. He, he gets the leftovers if he gets anything until we discipline our lives. We, we got to discipline our lives. Now, listen carefully to me. How many of you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand. 
Now say with me, that requires, say it, fillability. And fillability requires availability. Say it. If you don't avail yourself to God, you are not going to experience the ongoing filling of the Holy Spirit. Now, now, when I'm running out of gas in my car, I will look at the the gasometer, the gas gauge, and I'll see, uh uh-oh, I'm almost out of gas. What do I start looking for? I start looking for a gas station because I know if I don't find one, my car is going to die on the side of the road. We know I've got to find a source to get gasoline in this car. And so we look for a gas station. God has given you and me three surefire gas stations to go to to get refilled when we're running on empty. Some of you are running on empty. You got up today. You could barely make it here. Oh, is it Sunday? I don't know if I want to go to church. You're spitting. You're sputtering. You're about to run out of gas. And you're wondering what's wrong with your Christian life. Nothing is wrong with your Christian life. It's a matter of having fillability And you get that by availability, by making yourself available to the gas stations that God has given to us. Spending time in his word. There's a gas station. Hold up your Bible. Hold up your Bible. Hold it up real high. Wave it. Okay, you see those Bibles? That's your gas station. I get up every morning and I say, I can't go on yesterday's gasoline. I can't go on yesterday's filling. We can't drive a car in last month's filling. We filled up a month ago. What good does that do us today? We've got to fill up today. The idea is, folks, we are not a cup that gets filled and stays that way. We're a hose that water goes into and water goes out of. We must continually avail ourselves of fresh water. Prayer is a gas station. Go into prayer and say, Lord, I give you all my problems, all my vexations, the things that are worrying me, the things I'm afraid of, the things that are pressuring me, the things that are confusing me, the things that are hurting me. Uh, I give you all my needs. I give you all my desires. I give you all of my wants. I give you my past, my present, my future. Lord, take charge. Today is your day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And you'll be amazed when you're done with that prayer time, you feel lighter, happier, more peaceful because you got filled. Going to church, there's so many people during COVID, they decided they didn't like church anymore. And and, and some of them are watching, hello. You just said, I really like this online stuff because I don't have to get up and get dressed. I like sitting here in my PJs with a cup of coffee watching PJ. Let me tell you something. There's nothing like being around Christians with skin on them. And, and we're, we're waiting for you. Amen. <laughs> See, God does the filling. Say with me, God does the filling. But we're in charge of our fillability. How fillable are you? How available are you? Do you daily approach God, give him a slice of your time, hopefully the first hour of the day. Say, here I am, Lord. What's the song? Here I am, Lord. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and... Something, my soul. Bread of heaven. 
Yes. Anyway, fill my cup, Lord. Fill it up, Lord. I need it today, Lord. I'm going to look that up before the second service. All right. So everybody say, fillability. Now, the second thing about being filled with the Spirit is it's not a one-time experience, as I just shared. But let me focus on it. It's not a one-time experience. The Bible teaches that the moment you and I got saved, we were filled with the Holy Spirit. We received the Holy Spirit, or you could never be born again. Because Paul said, if the Spirit of Christ is not in you, you're not His. But if the Spirit of Christ is in you, you are His. Now listen to Ephesians. And now you Gentiles, Ephesians 1.13, you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, listen, everybody, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased with his blood shed on the cross to be his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. When you get the Holy Spirit, you become one who praises and glorifies God. But after that initial filling, we need to be refilled on a daily, hourly basis. You can't go on last month's blessing. I, I ask you, some people, hey, when was, have you ever had any experiences with God? Oh, yeah, 10 years ago, he really touched me. I guarantee you, you're not going on 10 year ago blessing. We need one today. We need to be blessed today. We need to be filled today. And that's the one indispensable way we abide in the vine and produce spiritual fruit. We aren't to be once or twice or thrice or five, 10, 20 times filled with the spirit. We're to be filled every day that we live on this planet. We're to be refilled by the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? We need to be refilled. We need to be filled today. I could translate Ephesians 5.18 this way. Be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Another translation, be constantly controlled by the Spirit. The Amplified Bible says, ever, ever, ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. So it's not just yesterday, last week, last month, last year, or when I got saved. But it's every day. I'm to go to God and I'm to say, fill me today. I go to the word. I go to prayer. I fellowship with the saints. And it keeps me walking filled repeatedly with the Holy Spirit. It's quiet in here. I know what you were thinking. When was the last time I did that? Think about it. Is the Holy Spirit Guiding your thoughts, guiding your words, guiding your feet. Are you filled with the Spirit every day? And that's the last thing about the Holy Spirit I want to talk about, and then I'm done. The Bible is clear that we're to not only be filled and filled repeatedly, and it's the source of our power, it's the source of our victory, but we're also to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Controlled by the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this. One commentator said, Being filled with the Spirit is not like putting gas in the tank. It's more like putting a driver at the wheel. Selah, that one. Now, I think it's both. You put gas in the tank, you you refill, you get refilled with the Holy Spirit. God pours him out on you every day. And then if you're filled with the Spirit, he's in the driver's seat. He's got the driver's wheel. He is driving, steering, controlling, guiding 
ordering your life. Now think about this. In our text, Paul juxtaposes two things that control a person. Wine and the Holy Spirit. Be not drunk with wine. That's the first thing. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he's juxtaposing wine with the Holy Spirit. And he's giving us two things that control a life. Wine controls your life. It can. Or the Holy Spirit controls your life. And he's saying the Holy Spirit controlling your life is superior infinitely to wine or any other drug controlling your life. When a person is drunk with wine, they're literally controlled by it. The alcohol becomes the driver at the wheel. Wine will take away from you your dignity. It'll take your honor. It'll take your morals. Every sip you take, you increase your chances of making a bad decision. You say, Pastor Jeff, the Bible doesn't tell me I can't drink. I know that. But I'm giving you something better. Be not drunk with wine. You don't need that buzz. You don't need the wine buzz. You need the Holy Ghost buzz. Are you ready now? Come on, everybody. The wine buzz comes and goes. You wake up the next day, and all you know is, well, last night I was buzzed, but I don't know what I did. But no, the Holy Ghost is, a, is the spirit of self-control. I'm trying. See, the, the drunk person says things and does things and goes places they would never say, do, or go. But for being under the driving control of alcohol. How many people are waking up today? I'm sorry, I, I got to tell you the truth. I'm just, this is truthful. I love you. If a young person came up to me and said, should I ever drink alcohol? I would say, if you never touch it, you will never miss a thing. Here's the deal. You don't want to be under the influence of anything but God the Holy Spirit. Because alcohol will reduce you, seduce you, ruin you, as the verse said. How many people waking up today around the United States of America regretting what happened last night? And they're going, how did I say that, do that, go there? What was wrong with me? Well, I'll tell you what was wrong. If you were drinking, that's what did it. Because drinking lowers your God-given self-control. And follow me now. So Paul says, you're going to be under the control of flesh or under the control of the Holy Spirit. You don't have any choice between the two. I'm either controlled by the flesh, I'm fleshly, I'm carnal, or I'm controlled by the Holy Spirit, I'm spiritual. Not just alcohol controls people, but in the Bible, accounts of demon possession. The person with the demon is controlled by that same evil spirit. The demon-possessed man of Gadara, probably the most demon-possessed man in the history of the world, is described this way. Here's what the devil did to him. Naked, running through cemeteries, sleeping in the tombs of dead people, cutting himself, crying out, having supernatural strength. Nobody could control him. He was incorrigible. He was uncontrollable. He was crazy. He was the, he was the terror of the town. Why? Because of what the devil, the devil was at the steering wheel of his life. He was totally out of control. 
The demon wasn't just influencing him. The, the, the demon was in the driver's seat. And look what happened to him when the devil was driving his life. Look what he became. And the flesh can take control. I'm getting towards the end. Hang on, grab your feet, grab your toes. But I got to tell you the truth. The flesh can take control. We Christians, we need to get out of the flesh, right? Because our flesh was crucified with Christ. But many people are routinely under the control of fleshly things like rage, jealousy, lust, fear, or a host of other emotions that literally control their behavior where they are no longer in the driver's seat. And Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross so that we could be delivered from the flesh and from this endless cycle of sin and defeat. That's why he died. Acts 5.17 says the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. And their jealousy controlled their thinking and behavior so much that they laid hands on the apostles and put them in jail. They were driven by jealousy that was at the driver's seat. The Bible says Jesus himself was crucified because of envy. Pharisees and Sadducees and the high priests were envious of him. And they were driven by that envy. That fleshly emotion of envy caused them to crucify the Christ. Paul said, and I'm closing with this verse. Everything is permissible for me, but not all things are beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. And brought under its power, allowing it to control me. 1 Corinthians 6, 12. Except the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It says, be filled with the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, Galatians 5, 16. And you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let's stand. Can we? Well, Pastor Jeff... How do I do it? Well, be here next week. Because we're going to talk about this. Because so many Christians are defeated. Uh, other things are, at the drivers, are in the driver's seat, and they have hold of the steering wheel. And um, there are Christians that are out of control. Um, I like to think I'm in control because the Spirit has control of me. I get out of control when the flesh gets control of me. He came to deliver us from the flesh by the power of the Holy Spirit. So everybody say, fillability by availability. Can we lift our hands to the Lord Jesus today? Say, Lord Jesus, help me to be fillable by being available every day to the word, to prayer, and to the fellowship of the saints. Help me, Jesus, to walk in the spirit, controlled by him, and not in the flesh. Now, can I encourage you today? Can I encourage you with something? I struggle with the flesh. Boy, do I struggle with the flesh on I-35. Even though I'm living here now, just from Osbury to here, it gets me sometimes. 
But I struggle with the flesh. Of course I do. And we're all going to struggle with it until we go to heaven and it's not there anymore. But don't we? This week I, I read something political and it made me mad. And I was in the car driving. Cindy was here. And I just started talking. Boy, that just makes me mad. Those idiots, those dum-dums, those morons. It was political. And she looked over and said, Jeff, you need to settle down. How many of you guys hate it when you know they're right, right? And I said, I, I am settled down. No, you're not. You're really upset. I said, okay, you're right. You're right. I'm not just a Christian. I'm the preacher. I got to settle down. But I was, it got me in the flesh because it made me so mad because there's so many stupid things being done in our country that are ruining it. And it makes me mad. But I had to get in the spirit. I said, okay, Lord, forgive me. I was, I, I was going over the edge. And you know, that flesh is always there to jump into the game if you let it. Walk in the spirit. All right? Can we give the Lord a hand of praise? Amen.